All right, welcome back. Episode 27 of the Young Old Heads podcast, where we try to provide a new generation's perspective on an old hobby. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. I'm here with my good friend, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Sapphire Update Edition. Max, how are you doing this week? I'm feeling worldwide. I'm feeling Cards Max worldwide. I am a little card fatigued, but I'm a card lover. I love cards. I will immerse myself in the deep end of the card swimming pool every yes. day of my life. We will jump in the deep end every week. And this week, jumping in the deep end of the card swimming pool with us, we have of Card Talk fame. We have Courtney at Connect the Dot. Is that how you pronounce that's it? it? Yeah, that's it. I'm surprised you got it. Hell yeah. Nice, nice. Well, how are you, Courtney? Sorry, I didn't hear you. No, you're good. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, it's a great start to the week, honestly, Monday. Um, I have good, like, I, I like Monday vibes, to be honest. A lot of people hate on Mondays, but, it, you know, it kickstarts the week. It sets the tone. So had a good Monday today. Um, pretty productive. Excited to record a podcast or card talk podcast episode tomorrow and excited for this, too. Nice. That is like the most Gary Vee inspired <laughs> I love Mondays. I love working every day and I'm loving life. Well, I had the exact opposite feeling today getting off work and having it be dark out for the first time. So that was the opposite opinion. But I was excited because we we're recording with you. Do you want to give our listeners who maybe don't know what you do and what kind of how you exist in the card world, what you do and like what you collect in a general yeah, sense? Definitely. Um my name is Courtney Connect, like TV said. Um, I am the co or sorry, assistant producer to Card Talk Pod. Um, I got into the hobby as a kid, but you know, like the classic hobby story, I got a little older, put the cards on a shelf, kind of let them sit there, dove into other hobbies. I played basketball from the time I was four till I was 21, 22 ish. So 15, 16 years playing basketball. Um, when I stopped playing, you know, I still wanted to stay tied to the game somehow. And at the same time, I had gotten into Gary's Gary V's content um, and as well as Card Talk. I actually found Card Talk before I found Gary's content, which is unique in that, like, a lot of people find it the other way around. But, um, yeah, I got back into, like, collecting uh, when I heard, like, Gary and Card Talk, the Card Talk guys start talking about, um, you know, how the market was in the, within the hobby was kind of booming a little bit and I was like oh this is interesting like I'm gonna pull out my collection see what I have and like see if I can make any money off of it or you know I also learned of this new thing that I didn't know of as a kid called grading you can get your cards like slabbed and um, make them look super cool so I sorted through my collection it took like two solid weeks of like sorting through my collection just tons of basketball tons of Pokemon um and now what well, right, well, you gotta tell us what, what sort of products were you finding when you were going through your collection what were you finding uh, you said pokemon and basketball me and max love talking about that era of basketball okay. pokemon what do you what, what are some of the gems you found in your collection when you started going um, i found so basketball wise i have a lot of like steve nash i was growing up in phoenix i love the suns my mom like also worked with the suns for a little bit so i would definitely have like ties there uh, so Steve Nash was like who I collected. I had a couple of his rookie cards that if they were to gem, I haven't gotten anything graded yet, but if they were to gem, they would be worth like a pretty penny because there's some of his like top rookie cards. So stoked about that. Um, as far as Pokemon, I found like uh, a Charizard G level X. It's not like the Charizard um, that like everyone wants, the first edition Shadowless, but it's like- I know that's um, right from like, I want to say, you know, I'm 23 now. That's right from like when we were like seven or eight in like the Diamond Pearl era from like 2006-ish, yep. I want to say. Yep, I exactly. Yeah, it's such a great card. I love how it, the char like Charizard on it is like 3D. It's coming out of the card. So sick. I would pull it up like right now, but most of my cards are hanging on my wall, so I can't really bring them down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than the Charizard, another one I found was this Umbreon Gold Star. I think it's from like the early thousands it's like between probably 03 05 if i had to guess um but yeah that one, those were the gems for sure those are sweet those are sweet that, that's I a think, big card yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i feel like 
people our age are like in a very unique spot right now where if you did collect cards at all growing up you were told they were going to be worthless because most of the people were kind of like disillusioned from the junk wax era and you like i i had a similar story courtney of my collecting like i collected ripped a lot of pack a lot of like low level tops like really cheap whatever products my dad would buy me packs of growing up but you know there's some gems in there because they started making parallels you know there's like lebron stuff you know all that sort of shit and i feel like it's like a very interesting thing where like nothing i have growing up is worth anything except for my cards like that's it i will and max Oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like we have definitely different mantras to how we were told to collect um, my since I think before I was born. So like turn of the century, 99 to 2000, my mom collects um, pottery and China. And she did that like not really actively, but she would just go on eBay. She would snipe stuff at the last minute and she would collect that stuff. And I want to say the first thing that I collected was um Thomas the Tank Engine toys had like a card of like the you know the Thomas the Tank Engine that you bought, and I would put them in a binder, and I would keep like all of my old like Disney stubs from when I went to Disney, and a bunch of like other stuff. So collecting was encouraged in my household, not necessarily from a sense of monetary value. And if all of my mostly Pokemon cards were in mint condition, that would be the biggest. You know that'd be great but even for then it was wasn't damaged but still in okay shape but i don't know i wasn't told that like okay everything's gonna be worthless that i put in my binder yeah that's fair i had like i don't know dude i had dudes just like so disillusioned that must have been because of like the bay area is hit so hard by the steroid era where like guys if they were collecting <laughs> like barry bonds or mark mcguire they just are like fuck that shit like whatever i actually have never told this story though on the podcast max one of the first things that I ever collected in life and my friends who know me from like back in kindergarten, who I'm still friends with, like I love bringing this up when we're at like a bar, like smoking a joint or something. They're like, Tommy, do you remember when you used to collect chapstick? And that's real <laughs> life, real life. Cause I have two older sisters. I have two older <laughs> sisters. So I'd be taken on these, these weird shopping journeys. And I, I don't know why, but like one day we're in Claire's and they were getting like some charms for some bracelet they had. And I just walked by and I was like, damn, Skittles makes chapstick. Like, I need that. Like, I need that. And so I, I ended up filling a shoebox full of like 40 random chapsticks that my friends love bringing up. So that's my original collecting story. I don't know how I never told that on the podcast before. Yeah. I know I had a small phase where I would collect gift cards from different establishments, not with any money on them, but just as like, because it's like a gift card. It has like the brand of where a little picture on it. <laughs> yeah, a little picture on it, or like you know the Dunkin' Donuts logo. And so, I mean, oh yeah, it's like it's holidays. That means it means like they have like new designs on them. And I would nerd out over that when I was like really little. All right, Courtney. Here's something you're gonna like. So you, Max, was just you're talking about gift cards, Max, right? Correct. I was talking about yeah. Gift cards. So I, you're into music, Courtney, mm-hmm. to say the least. But I'm also a big lover of music and is kind of i have multiple levels to this but um based on the gift card thing something that comes up a lot when i'm researching music cards on ebay is like these starbucks gift cards are like free song on itunes cards is basically what it is mm. where like they would give out at starbucks these, of course you did yeah these little cards where it's like oh here's justin bieber baby get it for free on itunes and it's like a justin bieber thing what? And they have Starbucks. So in terms of like things where like this could be a card talk pod viral reel of you going through these, but um, <laughs> I love those. Do you want to tell the people a little bit what you do, like your relationship with the music industry and kind of you have had any fun collecting music cards? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the music industry, I generally like I make content with upcoming artists, whether that be music videos, um, podcasts like this. Um, vlogs all different types of uh content short form is like big right now but music cards are like the my favorite thing to collect right now i have uh my favorite one is actually i'm kind of torn between two i have a justin bieber rookie card with drake on it that i got trading up from a penny at the national and then i got um at the national someone gave me like this 
Infinite Cards, The Weeknd, uh, for his Blinding Lights song. Infinite oh, yeah. Cards, like, teamed up with Billboard in The Weeknd, and they released this whole set. And I pulled uh, one of the ones that are numbered to 100. So that's also, like, a, a really cool one that I have. That's um, sick. I do yeah. love the that Bieber set is so classic from the from like 2009. I think that Panini set. I love that set. I I had a bunch of those. Whenever I do like a sale on Twitter of like a bunch of cheap cards to try to consolidate, I'll always throw a few in there, and people always are loving them. They're like, yeah, one dollar for a Justin Bieber card. Like I need this. So I'm a, <laughs> I love that. I think that's something like long term will be like a really nostalgic set for people our age, just because of how popular Bieber was back in the day. But Max, do you want to give your little uh, your spiel on music cards real quick? Because I need your, I want the pessimism and the optimism, though. I don't want just the optimism, just because Courtney's here gassing it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still like fixated on like the Starbucks gift card, buy baby and get the free code to download, or excuse me, get the gift card and you get the baby download code. Just jumping on that a little bit. I remember, I think there's like one for like the plants versus zombies, like mobile game where you get plug it into the app store and you'd be able to download it for free. And I'd always try to like neander away to find to get, you know, leverage these free codes into something, even though I was very young at the time and these musics and movies weren't worth much, but my stance on music cards in general, usually um, co similar to my takes on sports cards. I think it's cool if it's not just manufactured as a promotional item or done to market the celebrity. If, it's before they were big or before it was just massively distributed, then I think it's attractive. I know Tommy, one of the, like the earliest examples that we brought up that I think like pays to this extremely well is like Nirvana and Kurt yeah. Cobain. They're obviously Nirvana. I want to make sure I get my years right, but I believe Nevermind was released in 1990. Okay. Nevermind was released in 1991 mm -hmm. in utero. Third studio album, I believe was 93 um Kurt Cobain committed committed suicide or was killed in 1994 there is one set of trading cards that I can find in 1994 that depict Kurt Cobain and Nirvana which is partly due to how quick their rise was but mm -hmm. all of their other stuff is 1995 or later after his death and I think if you're making a Nirvana rookie card or you're dubbing something as a Nirvana rookie card after he died after the band was just so big and such a big hit. I, I think that's kind of fake. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think like the 2010 Panini, Justin Bieber, it was like him in his prime, I'd say. Like he had gotten big, but I don't know. It was, it's licensed by Panini. There are a lot of like alternative music card sets that are out there. So I think like if you're going to collect music cards, one, collect the artist that you like. Like you said, collect like the true rookie cards and three like collect the licensed stuff or maybe it's not licensed maybe that's not the correct term but the I stuff that is like aligned with the major trading card companies I'd i think say. part of why like the emma watson harry potter autographs are such a big thing but of course it's early in her career but like that was a very low-key unimportant set release that i think was like released at barnes and noble some barnes and nobles had them a few other yeah. places had them it wasn't a big set and it definitely wasn't meant to be a huge to have like a thousand dollar card inside years right. after yeah. the fact and they but, think because it's so low-key that's what makes it cool mm -hmm. i feel like there's like a lot of instances courtney as you brought up that like there are a lot of like one-off music sets throughout the years there's like going back even to like there's a ton of beatles sets a ton of elvis sets in the 50s and 60s and then you get like a lot of these like the early 90s like rap sets are always funny to look at i think there's a lot of like funny like pop sets that you probably have checked out before and like i'm like probably the first things that pop up if you search like hip-hop card rap card on ebay um but yeah max you're totally right i think it's really hard to find cards for people or for musicians in our generation like i i bring up the kendrick lamar top card a lot there's the post malone allen and ginter there's like I, there's the Tyler, the creators and the zero cool set. Um, these are just guys that I like, but there's like, and then there you get the situations where like even dudes like Eminem who was so huge in the early two thousands, doesn't even really have a licensed card inside besides the, uh, what's that, that card game called like pop something. Top Trumps. Uh, top Trumps, Top Trumps. I'm tripping. Yeah. yeah. Top Trumps. And I, I have a few of those cards. 
they're tall. I don't know. That's where you draw the line. Because, Courtney, you, you brought up a good point. Like, you didn't know how to describe what you meant by license. But, like, I feel like the top trumps cards are, like, the exact line where you're, like, do you collect the top trumps? It's, like, a game. It's in the UK. The cards are kind of weird looking. Um, but, like, I feel like that's a good example of, like, a set that kind of is, like, toes the line between being yeah. an official set versus kind of, like, I don't collect, like, trading like playing cards like a diamond like an ace or whatever you know those sort of things so it's like where do i draw the line for myself as a collector i tend to not do that very well but um cordy what sort of card like something that i was wanting to ask you because you're not someone who's you're making a lot of video content you're not posting a lot of like still images of cards on your account so it's a little harder to figure out you know what you collect so what of like modern stuff has attract has been like attracting to you as a collector since like I also had a similar experience, you know, stopping collecting at a certain point growing up, getting back into it. So like what surprised you about the new world of cards? Like what have you gotten into a little bit more than you were in before? Um, I've gotten super into F1. That's like the thing that is most on my mind recently, even though this season is like super boring and it's already wrapped up, but I'm just a huge fan of the sport in general. So it just translates to the cards. But other than that, I've recently been, like, trying to build out sets. So I started um, a 2019 Cameron Johnson Panini Prism, his rookie card, because, um, again, I'm a big fan of the Suns. He's their sixth man. I was kind of the sixth man playing basketball. So, you know, I relate to him in that sense. So um, building a prism of his. And then other than that, uh, it's Pokemon for me. I don't really do a lot of flipping. Um mm -hmm or anything like that. Like I'll occasionally sell cards, but I don't really like go out and like try to find, you know, like the best deals to flip. It's just not the first thing on my mind. It's more of just like a hobby for me and just like not necessarily a source of income, if that makes sense. Another yeah. thing that, another set I've been building, sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 you're good. Um, the Skybox Simpsons um, sets. Oh, yeah. I started series two. I'm gonna once I get all the chase cards from there, I'm gonna start working on series one. But that's I have sick. all the base cards, so that's like I had a, at one point. I had like a used redemption of the Bart Simpson auto, like this hole punched yeah. one, it, like a hole punched used one. It was pretty sweet. Um, but those are sick. I love Cameron Johnson. Even as a Warriors fan, I can respect Cameron Johnson. <laughs> I I also respect that you're not going for like D-Book or anything. I'm a huge CP3 hater in general, but okay, okay. Um, what I, <laughs> I, I forgot my train of thought, but Cameron Johnson, good basketball player. Max has something to say, so I'm going to let him talk. Yeah, um, F1 is cool. I think bridging to what like constitutes something that is a cool and rookie or what isn't. I know Top Trump's is notable for F1 because it has some racers first cards from the large gap between 2020 tops Chrome and some of the older 2005 Futera sets. One card that I think are not technically a card that I think is really cool. That again is on this borderline of what do we consider technical or not is Sergio Perez has his first like type of card is a Telmex phone card from 2007 and <laughs> It is licensed in his Formula 3 uniform. And I think because it's so early, it doesn't count as a rookie or people that do don't really care. But I think that's the type of wacky stuff that really is like, okay, this is cool to own and collect. And yeah. the fact that his first appearance is on a phone card is speaks for itself in terms of like how little regard or importance this item was given. Yeah. Right? yeah yeah max did you see that tiger woods card i bought in vegas that like card the one that has like the tiger image in the back it kind of looks like a downtown but it's like a card it's like some sort that of promo card it's very similar sounding to what you have for kids? no 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 i wish but as I, i'm obviously famous for my love of si kids and courtney you'll be this is something i tell every f1 collector i had a lewis hamilton si kids rookie and i vividly remember throwing it away because i was like oh, I'm not into cars. Like, I'm not into no. race cars. So, like, in terms of my... That's, like, my one story where... It Tommy, Vaughn, me... Tommy Vaughn is not into race cars. Make no, that a quote. I'm, I'm not into <laughs> race cars. I'm sorry. But I do respect the collecting that attitude, and I just respect F1 as an interesting, like, card case study because of how new it is. So I love the case studies of it. Uh, who do you... Do you, like, have a guy you collect in F1, Courtney? Or are you kind of, like, a broad-spectrum 
No, fan. I'm definitely I'm definitely team Mercedes. Lewis is my favorite. Um, Toto is also like my favorite principal. So those two are my favorites. And then if I had to collect others, then it would probably be like George Russell because I think he's a strong second driver for Mercedes. And then for long term, of course, like Max is is always going to be in the conversation. So I'm not a fan of him, but if I were holding his cards for long term for like value purposes to like resell down the line, then I would definitely go with Max for sure. Well, I'm I forgot to bring up like I I love that you said that you don't look to flip because I think there's kind of this sense in people our generation that if your hobby is not making you money actively that you're kind of like wasting time or like you got to have a side hustle is kind of like a culture I feel like that exists um and I personally like I don't really flip I don't flip cards like I just collect cards but I say that I'm like a lucky collector because my teams are good. We're like, I love Steph Curry, but also I think that his cards are probably pretty decent things to hold for the long term. Um, right. Max is kind of toes the line a little bit closer to the flipper, mainly because of the status of employment status that we were talking about earlier. But like, <laughs> Max, do you think about that? Like you, you, you talk about being a little bit fatigued lately. And are you finding yourself like hoping to get a job so that you can stop relying so much on flipping so that you can just kind of enjoy cards more? Or are you going to like use your income to try to flip more what do you think where are you going on that it's probably going to be a mix i will say that um i'm i am doing fine and i'm not doing cards to pay the bills right now so that's good i want to make sure that's clear i definitely my fatigue with cards specifically it's not in the market is up or down or red or green or purple it's that it's hard to find a project that you really love to want to focus and add more on and Finding something to collect, it can't just be collected when one whole Com C add to cart session, you know, or rather it can't just be. You got to come up with a term for that. We're like, if you can build the set by just going on Com C and buying all the cards, then it's not that it's not that hard or like that. I did that with, I mean, my black, white mini diamond 2021 tops Chrome set was like a third from Com C and I spent way too much money on that. Yeah, but, and you still haven't finished it. So maybe focus, maybe I'm like, try to finish old projects off. before you start. I'm like four cards off. But it's difficult to find something or someone that you really like. I know some projects that I have worked on is my Charizard PSA collection. Not necessarily that they have to all be tens. And the flipping operation is that, okay, well, I can make the excuse. I mean, the, the best thing is, is like, being able to justify whatever you want to buy because like, oh, I'll make money on it or something like that, or I'll try to, that's enough of motivation. So it's like, okay, I'm buying a bunch of Charizard cards, his Shining Fates VMAX, his Champions Path VMAX, some of the Brilliant Stars alt art, some of the newer stuff. And what I've told myself is that, okay, I'm buying most of these to try to grade and resell, but every PSA 10 that I don't yet have I will keep for myself. I'll keep the first copy of that to myself so that I can slowly enjoy it and grow it. And something that is, I mean, it's feasibly impossible to get a PSA 10 of every Charizard English or Japanese or both as well as YouTube, like obvious financial constraints, but it's at least a way I can justify making a dent in it without just having it be sunk money cost. That's just going onto my wall. Yeah. Right. Like collect smartly. It doesn't have to be a flip, but like collect, there's like a spectrum. It does, you don't have to be just a flipper versus just collecting. Like I think most and of I think live in the gray area. Some of the cards that I like the most financially long term, which I mean, one that I seem to mention every every episode is my view on tops Mike Trout tops black parallels. Oh, is that drink drink if you're listening? This yeah, drink yeah, mean. take a drink, take a shot if you're listening. But <laughs> I've if you fall in love with a card in part because of the financial prospects that you've told yourself will at least happen, you'll probably like the card a lot too. And yeah. some of the enjoyment can be just stemmed from you are bullish on the card financially, but also you enjoy the card a lot. Cards, but plural. also, but also listen to card talk pod. If you want to make some money, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. I so Courtney, listen to yeah, card talk pod. obviously, obviously, but uh, I had one big question for you, Courtney, this week. So you're you're deep in the music world. You're making music videos. You're meeting a lot of cool people. If someone comes to you, let's say, I'm going to give you two two examples, two worlds to live in, and then I want two answers. I want to say, if let's say 
a company like Pigeons and Planes or is it Planes and Pigeons? Pigeons, pigeons and Planes. Yeah. Like, let's say they came to you and were like, Courtney, we have a company that's going to make us cards. We want you to design a card set for artists. So okay. I want you to have, start with that one. Like what, like if they came to you and you're like, unlimited budget, you can do whatever you want. What would your style be? What would you want to do? Because I have some ideas and I can throw out my ideas first if you want, but I want to hear what you would, you would say. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think I would say it would be really cool to have like old generation versus new generation cards. I think like a mix of both mainstream artists and underground artists that are coming up so that it gives people kind of an opportunity to in like, I want to say invest, but like collect or invest in underground artists who haven't yet completely blown up and like allow them to kind of get like the up value in that. Um, I would also say I would want to see like some kind of statistics on the back of the card of like either streams or like album sales or something along those lines. And I would want it to come from like a verified source. So maybe like that's a partnership with Billboard, like how Infinite Cards did or something along those lines. I think those would be like the two or three, however many I said, key factors. That's sick. That's sick. I like that idea. So you're thinking... In my head, this is kind of a similar to like an F1 set where like you have the player cards, but you also have maybe moment cards or like mm. you definitely obviously got to have the you got to have the autos, you got to have the patches, we're talking modern click and you got to have that. But I like the old new. I think that would be really dope. I would also love to see like maybe like like an artist handpicked set like, oh, mm. these are my 10 guys I or 10 people I want. I am watching for the next five years. You can invest in my set or something. I think that would be kind of cool um max do you have we we're not a sports analysis podcast but we are a human experience podcast like is there one artist out there that you you would like are pissed that doesn't have a card i'm max as well you have Ooh, I have an answer for this after yeah. no nah. well i don't know if max has an answer so you gotta go first <laughs> yeah you go first you want me to go first okay i would i would want to see a rihanna card i think that would be big time um Someone wow. hit me up on my Instagram DMs after she dropped her most recent single with that idea. So it's not my idea. I didn't, I can't claim it to be mine, but um, someone was like, dang, if there was a Rihanna trading card, would you collect it? And I was like, oh, 110%. Um, so that'd be, that'd be the one for me. Uh, to my knowledge, the music group Oasis does not have any trading cards, but I think 90s, like Brit. Brit pop rock is very cool and very fun. So I would fully immerse myself in that side mm. if they had cards. Well, I'm trying to like really rapidly find my Rihanna card that I have, but I do have a Rihanna card, Courtney. No they way. are so it's a it's unclear really. I did some research. It's really unclear how official this card is. So I don't want to say that this is an official trading card. Okay. But it's like a South America, I think it's from Brazil, is what I figured out. It's like a Brazilian collectible set. They're really, they're like in between a mini and normal size card. They're not totally normal sized. Um, I don't think they're graded by PSA, but it is a trading card with Rihanna on it. I think I'd probably just have to send it to you because. Oh my God. Because you're coming on the podcast. Come on. Everyone who's been on the podcast has gotten some sort of cards or memorabilia from your Max. So that'll be, I'll send that one out to you next week, but. I love that answer. Rihanna would be a dope one. I can't believe she doesn't have a card. Um, my personal answer for like how I would want these distributed or like music cards in general or like pop culture cards to be more included is I would love for them to be SPs and like Topps Chrome as like fan. Because I, I like the fan cards. I like that Kendrick's like thrown out of the first pitch in the Dodgers hat. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I do like the how like they did it with Jay-Z, but like it would be cool if he's like, a, like nowadays if it was like a Nets card because he's the owner or whatever, I think it would be pretty cool. But I would love, like, uh, SPs with some cool photography of, like, Drake wearing, like, Drake wearing a Raptors jersey on stage or something. That could also be another cool insert set, like a a jersey swap thing, but, like, an artist wearing a jersey on stage. I feel like that would tie in a lot of sports collectors. Um, That would be sweet. Max Max is, like, a big band guy, though, so it's a little different. I feel like creating a set for a band versus an individual artist would be, is, like, a whole different game. Yeah. Tommy, you, like, rap cards. And I know you've brought up that IDK has rap cards. 
True. There are. All right. So Courtney, there are a couple companies out there that I've met from my like year of traveling around to card shows and stuff that <laughs> have made cards that make cards that are like, I think they're on the right track. There's this one called rap rap cards. Uh, they've made cards for uh, like, I think the most hot, like, I don't know who the most famous person is, but like the ones I have are like static selector. He's like a producer for Joey badass and a bunch of people. I think that would sick. He, they made, these are all autograph on card autograph cards, like limited to like print run or like however many they order. Um, I have like the cool kids who are like this Chicago group. And then I think the last one is like Blue, BLU, uh, who's like a rap, rap hip hop artist. They're not, they're, the thing is, they're, those are like very, they're pretty underground cards, but like they're still like on the right track, I think, and doing a lot of cool shit. Um, and then there's another company, I think they recently changed their name, Max. So I can't, I don't <laughs> even know how to pronounce it anymore. So tough marketing sell there. But uh, this rapper, IDK, who's relatively popular, has sounds a lot. I don't know, he has some cool songs. Uh, he put out like a Pokemon looking set for his recent album where he made the cards like each song has a card and the, all the cards kind of have the same theme. They're really cool and like kind of a foil finish. So that's like another alternative. My other question was going to be to you, like if a, one single artist came to you and was like, I want to make an art set for myself. How could I do it? And my idea is like, I would love for them to give me maybe like a playlist of like their top songs. And then you make the set like that. Or like one song or one card per song. Like, I, I don't know. Like, theoretically, in a world where Kanye stopped making music in like 2016, it'd be sick if you could make like a college dropout album with like oh, one one per song. I think people would be all about that. But Definitely. Yeah. Or reading the back of cards. The back of cards, Max? The back of cards. We don't talk about the back of cards a lot, but I love reading the back of cards. They are appreciated. <laughs> they are underappreciated. Shout out back of cards. Um Courtney, something that I've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but I would I want to get your thoughts on here um, is I've done in college. I did a lot of research into like online communities specifically about music. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time in the like online communities of music in college and like kind of learned how to find information. And I figured I found that like my experience and knowledge of that world has helped a lot in the card world in terms of finding like knowing where to research cards, like knowing that sometimes your best source of information is like a random like disc like disc like random chat room from like 2005 or something that somehow exists on the Internet. And like that's sometimes your best source. Um, I was wondering if you have in your experience working both with like big music artists, but also probably the biggest like quote unquote star in the card world for lack of better terms with card cc2 um like what you see is similarities in the world of music and cards and maybe some of the differences of like i don't know yeah i'd say i'd say with cards there's like a very um welcoming community i'd say there's also like a split where there are people who are in it for the money and aren't here to collect anything which is okay it's totally okay um you can go about it however you however it makes you happy really um i would say the welcoming side of it kind of reminds me of like the edm world it's like super positive super welcoming everyone's nice everyone's like willing to help each other out and that's kind of how i see a lot of the card world and then like the other side of it like the people who are here for the money i like I don't want like I compare them to kind of like the people who are like on the labels and like are trying to make money off of artists. Um, maybe that's not the best way to compare people, but um, I think they're similar in the fact that people are very welcoming. People are like are here to support a common goal or to support a common person, whether that be a sports player that um, they have in common that they collect, like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or something. Or, or like an artist that you can relate to each other with. So it's kind of like cards and music are two universal things that bring people together. And I think that's what um, where the tie is for me that makes me interested in both. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think something that what you just said brought up to, or like an idea that came to my head is like the same person that starts to complain about how their players' card prices are higher and like they can't afford to collect someone anymore are the same person that's like oh they my this artist plays in a big arena now like i saw them when they were in this small <laughs> arena in my hometown and like i was buying aaron judge bowman first when they were 10 but like five dollars or like whatever you can't hate like, on that type of person though. 
Those are the no, real. I'm not things. hating on that. No, I'm not <laughs> hating, dude. I'm just saying those are like parallel experiences. I feel like for people. Yes, I agree. I agree too. Yeah. Like, okay. Damn, Complete... like, I saw Kendrick okay. when he was at. No, whatever. I'm done with that analogy. <laughs> Max, what were you saying? Okay, Courtney, as a fellow Gen Zer, you you know Webkins, right? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. You know Webkins had trading cards. I didn't know that, but that's interesting. You know that. Uh-uh. I collected so many Webkins trading cards. I redeemed the codes online in the code shop and I got my like furniture items or curio shop items or whatever the reward was. I had to ask if you were at least aware of Webkins trading cards because I remember Webkins were just so strong when we were all Yeah. Here. I was actually just talking about Webkins with someone the other day with a coworker and it's so interesting. I know this is like a card and like physical collectible podcast, but on the digital side, it's like Webkins was kind of like the first digital thing, like physical digital item that you could get, which is so interesting to me, very ahead of its time. And I think on the converse, I think like some of the really rare Webkins are collectible and do have are above what would have been their like 2006 SRP. But right. I remember, I think a few months ago, maybe it was a year ago, I found three Webkins trading card hobby boxes for $10 each. And I swooped them up and they, they don't have much retail value. I mean, they have, they are wor- worth less now than what they were when we were kids because no one really likes, no one wants to collect them. And like, Webkins what, what even I, would be, I think the Fortnite cards nowadays would be like a good comp. Like, our Fortnite Maybe. cards gonna be like nostalgic. But Webkins to people cards had utility on Webkins back in the day. That's like, true. Fortnite cards came out after Fortnite was hyped up, and it just has like pictures of like someone's favorite skin. That would be super interesting if Fortnite were to like the next set or like a future set of trading cards, like kind of take the Webkins approach and maybe like the parallels. You get like certain items that only you can unlock with the code. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. I've be- always thought that the dumbest thing ever is the fact that, like, Tops or Panini doesn't have relationships with 2K. Like, and yeah, like, you would say. Like, the fact that they don't do that, because they used to. Like, I have mm-hmm. cards growing up where, like, there were promo stuff. I don't know really what it was getting you in the games, if they were kind of more minimal games. But I've always said, like, if I was put in charge of any of those companies for a day, I'd be like, dude, you've got to immediately hit them up. Because people rip packs all the time are like people are age the most common rip pack is like ripping a pack on fifa or like 2k or whatever and exactly. it's the same shit and then it resets every year yeah but like it would be i would love like a prism chase where like you're also tying in 2k or something i think that ties yeah, into both ways but yeah but you guys are um, last, two, yeah, two points um yeah with webkins i will say that i would only get a webkins like toy if like it was like i were doing really good like i didn't have like some people just got webkins on like every single possible excuse i knew that like man i need to like make sure i get a webkins in the next year or else my account's gonna expire and one of the box one per box was a box hit of getting a virtual webkins for your account and i think for like a three dollar pack it's like okay if i hit this i'm good for another year i get to name another i get to have another doggy and froggy and all these other intricate names um so that was one thing. Connecting it with the 2K and FIFA type experience. Ironically, I know a lot of guy collectors around our age have some experience like sniping for players on like the 2K My Player auction house or the my, the Madden Mobile auctions and that would end every 5 minutes, more so like during the high school middle school age. And I know some people myself included directly translate that to ebay sniping and it gives that same sort of high and rush yeah so even though they the direct affiliations no longer exist or didn't exist they were gateways for many people to start buying extravagantly on ebay yeah um, yeah for sure i think what you guys are talking about is making me think of a thought i have a lot at work when i'm thinking about cards which is like work must be cool we are pretty <laughs> We are, in some sense, projecting what's going to be nostalgic to people in 15, 20 years in the moment and, like, trying to, like, have this, like, forward thought when, like, it's really hard to have that, I feel like, in any sense. But, like, Webkins, it's, like, is that really... It's going to be nostalgic, but maybe for, like, only, like, people who are born between, between, like, 1998 and 1999, not, like, 98 to, like, 2008. And 
I think a lot about like micro generations of people with tech. Like we were born late nineties. So we weren't like growing up with iPhones. We still had like flip phones for a little bit. Like my first phone was a slide up. Like we were ripping tops when there was only three parallels. (laughs) (laughs) And like, as we got older, like we kind of grew up with technology a little more than some of the kids who kind of were like thrown into it or like maybe had like, got the first iPod came out when they were in first grade. And then by the time they graduate high school, like people are like doing, you know, we're in the modern world, like the current world. But I feel like that's the same thing with cards. It's like trying to project like, oh, was this just a set that I liked because it was literally just my one year. Like there's a set I built called Upper Deck Power Up, which was a one-off set in 2004, which similar to what you guys are talking about has utility where it was like Upper Deck's first chant, like thing where they're like, oh, put this code in online and you get points for cards and then there's like rarity. But what they did with it, which is like super futurist, like in forward thinking, which you would never at the time guess, but like there are these like blue ultra rare parallels where the codes are worth a lot of points and they're like actually legit, like more rare than a case hit. So the Griffey sells for like almost a grand, but like at the time, no one's like, oh, these these cards are going to be like that, like these like hold these hold upper deck power up but it's like a one offset so it's, i don't know i don't really know if i had a point with this other than just like a thought i had about just, like, nostalgia. <laughs> think, uh, like only a certain range of like birth years will be able to like talk in depth and with substance about club penguin agreed i'm all about club penguin and like yeah. i but you were you guys on aim like i was on aim i wasn't cool enough yeah, yeah I was cause, probably because I had older siblings, though. Honestly, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. Whatever. <laughs> this is a, this is a sidetrack of a sidetrack. We're gonna, Courtney. I don't know. You're gonna have to bear with us on this segment if you don't have an answer for this. But okay. we end every podcast talking about our recent buys, and it's not a card talk like in the same sense of like queen elizabeth's about to die i'm gonna buy some <laughs> queen elizabeth cards and flip them which was the reel that i watched right before this which i thought was funny but it's more just like i saw this on ebay or i saw this on a got a card show i bought it because it's kind of weird um max do you want to go first sure i will go first um recent ebay buys for me sorry i had yeah. a thought um i Very bought good. a. I have like five of them that i'll trim through quickly i think usually it's like <laughs> Top five most recent because me and Tommy just buy so much wacky stuff. <laughs> um, I bought a Bones Highland Gold Pulsar Optic Prism out of 10 on eBay. I'm I all bought, in on Bones. All in on Bones Highland. He's cool. Highland. Highland. Yeah, His name is not, Bo- it, dude. It, I don't know. I think it's your audio, but it it's sounded Bones like you said Highland. something else. H Y L A N D. His first name is gone, which all I right. don't know if that's right. I believe it is. Um, he's cool. The colors look good because it's like also Denver covers colors, but not a team match. Mm-hmm. Out of ten, cool. He's gonna kill it. I bought a Nikola Jokic Prism Silver PSA nine. I'm gonna be stupid nice. and try to crack it. I know for PSA ten. Oh boy. And seven times out of ten, it doesn't work in my favor. But yeah. the three times it does, I'll sell it below comps. Yeah. And, you know, not like the consignment, sell for forty percent of comps. Yeah, exactly. Send it the consignment, sell it for forty percent comps. Um Two other buys that I got recently was a National Treasures Jacob DeGrom patch auto from 2014, Weird. his rookie year. Cool. What do you mean? Why are you shaking your head no? Uh, why are you buying National Treasures baseball cards? Well, one. Well, if you really want to get into it, Mookie Betts and DeGrom have so few cards, let alone arm card auto cards. These are technically in the base subset, although mine was Colossal patch auto, so it isn't. Jacob DeGrom on Card Artists. I'm pretty sure it's just Heritage that has him for 2014. They're wacky. They're cool. It was a good price. You know, the numbers have to make sense at the end of the day. Max, one, last- of my, one of my favorite bits real quick that you don't yeah. actually know about. I'm telling you this for the first time. Yeah, please spill me the But tea. every time that I want you to go on a rant about something, I just like slightly hate on one of the pickups that you had. And then you, you take offense and you're like, I have to explain why this card is cool for five minutes. And that at leads to the best content for us. So are you like that? Because are you those are my favorite rants you do. Are you negging me or is it just like out of happenstance? I think it's a little of both. I only recently yeah. realized it was like something I was doing, but I knew that I was doing it, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? 
yeah, I mean, my cards are always right. Everyone's cards are always right. It's a cards world. It's a card. We are in cards max world. Yes. No, I mean, this is a cards world. Cards Every, max world. Everyone's cards is allowed to access. It's open, <laughs> open borders. All right, you get one more card, Max. Yeah, I get one more card. Go. Swan Soto, Gatorade Bath, US 300, SSP. Banger. Back at 9.5. Looks great. I'm going to hold my little baby into the season. Juan Soto's eyes closed, Gatorade everywhere. Cool card. Nice. Cool pickup. Monster cool pickup. Cool card. That, that I kind of remade this year with uh, the Julio Rodriguez short print. Uh, I bought some cards this well, week. Kind of remade in 2019 Stadium Club with Juan Soto's first iteration of Stadium Club has the Gatorade bath. I believe either as a variation or as a basic. It might be a variation, yeah. but it's not. It's a sick card. My, okay, I've been go obsessed go with baseball cards lately. I don't know why I keep buying baseball cards, but also Go Bones Highland. Go Bones Highland. My three pickups I'll talk about this week. I've been really into buying Randy Johnson Giants cards. So this is last year. <laughs> I don't know. I love Randy Johnson. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm bored of collecting my normal Giants guys right now. Randy Johnson <laughs> Giants cards. That's what I've been about. I bought a Albert Pujols gold 2002 gold cup max out of 2002, which I was hyped about. Big buy. Sold some stuff. To, did a rare sell of some cards because I, found, oh, I saw it. And then so I ran of the week. Tops finally made a Camilo Duvall rookie card, and they didn't even put the logo on, the RC logo on it. All year, I've been looking at Panini products that are selling Camilo Duvall cards, and they all have the RC logo, and Tops finally makes their first ever card. This is, Corey, I don't know if you don't follow me. I don't know who that is. But basically, no, it's not bad, because clearly he's too obscure for anyone to care about besides me. But he's like the Giants like reliever who's really good right now. He throws like 105. Really nasty. I just think he's cool. I think he's really good. And, a few miles per hour under my fastball. And collecting a relief pitcher in baseball is tough, 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 tough times. But uh, I was just me. bummed, man. I really wanted an RC logo. I don't know right. why. I don't know why it was uh, cheap for the logo, but I am. My two first collecting projects unsuccessful were of Dylan Batances and Jonathan Luisaga. Dylan Batances was a rookie in 2014. His rookie cards were 2012. And that really mm-hmm. helped me out when I collected yeah. as a 15-year-old. All right, Courtney, your turn. You can go back as far as you want. Just say, like, the most recent card you bought. You were kind of talking about some sets you were building. You can talk about those more if you want or, like, where you're at on it. But uh, either a recent card you bought, a set you're building, something like that. Okay, weird. Yeah, I got, like, three ideas. So cool. recent card I bought, um, I didn't pick it up off of eBay. I picked it up off of a, at a card show. But it's a um, Neil Patrick Harris, like, patch card from it, one of it like the patch is one of his suits from how i met your mother oh, is, like is that a pop century suits. pop century card it is yes pop right, century cool. americana i believe um nice. yeah so i picked that up i got it for five bucks so like can't go wrong there easy money, um, easy money. yeah easy money and another thing so the last two that i have like i haven't necessarily bought but they're like things that i'm actively been searching for on ebay the first one is i've been really interested in business cards because i've been seeing um like psa is grading certain business cards especially ones with autographs yeah, on them I saw that. And so so like two people i've been super interested in like getting a hold of their business cards or like their first business cards are scooter braun and cole bennett so those like oh. cards because i think they're kind of like no one's really got their eyes on on them yet since they're kind of like in the newer generation so Maybe I shouldn't have dropped that. Now, now maybe some people are gonna go look at those and snatch them before I can. I but. think that's. I think knowing our audience, knowing me and Max's uh, audience, I know for a fact. I don't think anyone's gonna be finding you on business cards. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then the last one, actually, like I've been traveling a little bit recently, and it brought up like it pulled like this memory out of my brain. Do you guys remember the Sky Mall magazines that were like? Oh, yeah. in- the airplane seats so they were like discontinued the like the sky mall itself is still an e-commerce site but they don't have any physical magazines anymore so i thought it would be a really cool collectible to have to get a sky mall magazine and it turns out they're way harder to find than you would think so um that's what i've been scouring ebay for (laughs) you know what you know why people are gonna know about sky mall for a long well other than just like general pop culture but like people maybe a little younger than us is because parks and rec that one episode i don't know if you watch parks and rec but tom, they go camping and tom haverford gets like 
everything delivered from Sky Mall, and it's just <laughs> the best episode. But I love that Sky Mall was always fun to flip through. It was very yeah. similar to like. Did you guys also get like a similar thing for like school, like a Scholastic Book Fair type thing? Oh yeah, where like like <laughs> those sort of things. Like wow. <laughs> that was great. I, I I'm now inspired I, to get a Christian Bale and Jared Leto signed business card. That would be sweet. That's sick. They have that sick Dark Knight card set too. It's like worth looking into if you have never looked into it, Max. Wrong Jared Leto reference. Oh, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. My 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 bad. My bad. My bad. That's too many hits of the pen during the episode. (laughs) My last. My I want to tell one more embarrassing story about myself, and then Courtney, I'll let you do some shout outs. So if you have like people that have been really important in your collecting experience that you want to shout out, think about them while I tell this embarrassing story. Okay, okay. I talk a lot about how I loved collecting for quantity growing up, specifically just like as many cards as I could get my hands on. Um, And in second grade, my teacher had the system of stamps. So if you were good in class, you got a stamp and like you would get up to like 100 on this note card and sometimes she'd give you like 10 stamps for one and you should write it on it. Anyway, it's like a point system for being good. I was a little suck up kid and got a bunch of points and at the end of every month she would let you do like a store checkout thing and one one month she brought baseball cards and i was like holy shit like nobody touched those like if someone buys these baseball cards like i'm gonna freak out right now like if someone buys them for me and of course this dude comes up and buys them before me because he's like oh i like baseball cards like i'm gonna buy these Totally reasonable thing for a second grader to do. Absolutely, totally reasonable. He would, he was in line before me or whatever. I forget how it worked. And I just, that was probably the most mad I ever got at school in my life. I was just like crying. <laughs> I was like, I need those cards. So I've gotten a lot better. A lot of my colleague Brock likes to make fun of me because I'm like very territorial about my cards. Like he, I don't split cards with people or like whatever. I'm just like, these are my cards. Like don't touch my cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to that story of like, I don't know why I just needed more cards. It's just been in me since since day one. <laughs> Courtney, that's my that's my en- ending embarrassing story. Um, Love that. Now is your chance to give some shout outs to people who have been you know important during your collecting or like have hooked it up for you. Awesome, yeah. Some some of the people that I want to shout out. First off, the Card Talk crew: Tyler, Jason, as a producer. Um, Card Collector 2 and Lou. Shout out to those guys. They're my favorite. They're a pleasure to work with. Um, also, just a shout out to all the people who like are constantly talking to me in the DMs just about different card stuff or just sending me things in the hobby. Um, you know, like at the Soccer Plug 10, at my collection, at Kayla Collects. A bunch of people in the hobby are, oh, yep, guest appearance by my dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, just really everyone who I've come across has been just awesome to vibe with, awesome to talk cards with. So it's been fun. That's sick. Well, hit up Courtney if you see anything that needs to be reeled by Card Talk Pod because you guys have some cool shit that you guys post just beyond cards, even like the collectible stuff you guys have been doing. I really have been fucking with a lot. Thank you. But Max, do you have any parting thoughts for the, the homies out there that are listening? Parting thoughts? I don't know. You usually say some weird shit at the end, so I'm just giving you a chance to say some weird shit. Cards forever. Cards forever. Cards forever. Thanks, Courtney, for coming on. <laughs> Thank we'll you, We'll see you guys next week. And uh, make sure to follow Courtney at K-N-E-C-H-T the dot. Connect the dot. There it is. On all platforms. She makes dope content. Love her on TikTok and We'll maybe try it. Me and Max are big on Twitter, Courtney. So if you want some help getting into card Twitter at all, we're going to help you out this week. Maybe get you uh, you going on there a little more. So we'll see you guys next week. And uh, thanks, Courtney, for coming on.